This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode 14. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Andrea Owen here with another episode of the Your Kick-Ass Life podcast. And I am thrilled today to introduce my guest, Lauren Ballesteros. And um, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and sort of not not read the traditional bio in third person, which is always a little bit awkward, actually, <laughs> talking about someone like they're not there. Like, no, they're there. And so, Lauren, why don't you say hello and tell us who you are, what your sign is, whatever whatever you want to tell us, please share. Hey, what's up? So thanks for having me. Um, where do I start? So Lauren Ballesteros, I'm a blogger, soon-to-be talk show host, going to be creating my own show. And um, sort of claim to fame is sales and marketing, was the VP of strategic partnerships and sales for Seth Godin for two of his companies by the time I was 25. My sign is Pisces. Um, I'm a Leo. I'm a Leo rising. So um, most people seem only people who know me very well probably see me as a Pisces. The rest of the world probably sees me as a Leo, which is always sort of interesting because they're very different. Um, and yeah, and, and I think that's sort of like like tops off. Oh, and we're going to be launching. I'm actually launching a course with a good friend who does seven figures in sales each year, and she works part time, and that's not by any exaggeration, um, on teaching other women how to sell and market themselves in a pleasurable way. We're really working on showing a new way of business that um, doesn't have to feel so painful and fear-driven. Um, there's a different way, and we just, we're just we working on cultivating that in ourselves and, and, and in other women. So that's sort of that. where we're at. Thank you. And I'll be sure to post a link for that course in my show notes because that perked my ears up. I don't know about anyone else listening to this, but I'm definitely interested in reading more about that. And so there were so many things that, you know, when I was introduced to Lauren, I, I, I'm like, oh my gosh, should we talk about spirituality? Should we talk about entrepreneurship? Should we talk about authenticity? There's so many, so many different things I would love to talk to you about. And, and if you haven't, and I'll post this link as well. And I really encourage all of you listening to, to watch Lauren's uh, TEDx talk on authenticity. And, and I think that that is the first question I, I want to ask you. And, and, and this is what I ask a lot of, a lot of my guests and, and I, you know, it's a big part of your life and your business. And so my question is, have you always been this way? And, you know, cause there are some people who are just born that way. <laughs> I think that's my best friend is one of them, but, and if it wasn't, what was your turning point? Um, I think that we're all born authentic, like authentic is just, I think being true to what you feel and believe and being willing to make decisions in your life, um, that reflect that. So whether that's sharing your opinion, whether that's saying no, thank you to the client, that's just a pain in the ass. Um, or whether that's deciding to be vegan because you love animals and you hate and dairy makes you sick. Like whatever that is, I think we're born that way. You see kids are super just full of life and, and enthusiasm and, and they don't have a lot of reservation around sharing what they feel and think with others. It's as you get older that we're sort of taught that professionalism and adulthood and maturity 
looks sort of like the Puritan mentality of like you're reserved, you only share so much. Um, all of this sort of implies a lot of control, like you control yourself, you can control situations. If you're mature and successful, you have control. And control is really sort of an illusion, right? Because we can only really control ourselves, and God, that's a hard enough gig as it is. So was I always authentic? I think we all are born authentic. We know what we want. And But was I always true to that? Um, I think I've always been really vocal. I I really do believe that we're born with sort of a driving mission and purpose. And mine has to do around having a microphone and being vocal. Um, but I will say that, especially in high school, uh, I found it to be really, and I talk about it in the TED Talk, it was really difficult. And I had a lot of trouble with friends. I felt really alone. Um, in fact, I didn't have any friends at one point, um, And that was really difficult. It's kind of like Mean Girls on TV. And if you've ever seen that movie, and I felt like I had nobody. And it was around that time that I just sort of retreated a bit. I wasn't as vocal about things. I was trying to figure out who I was. I was trying to just figure out, you know, like, basically my head from, like, a hole in the wall. Like, where am I? What am I doing? Like, WTF. And then as I gained my confidence back, um, and the thing is, on the outside, for people that you think, oh, they're always authentic, like, on the outside, people would have seen me as Leo. They would have seen me as, no, she's a leader. She's a president of this organization. She's that. Well, let me tell you, on the inside, I was just as scared as anybody else. I was trying to figure my shit out. So as I sort of gained confidence and realized that we're all fumbling through life, some more gracefully than others, um, and realized that me telling the truth is my part of my purpose, I just leaned into it and life is so much easier when I do that. It's so much less stressful to just do what you want to do and what you're supposed to do as opposed to what everyone else tells you you should do. I've definitely had my obstacles. Yeah. I I love, I love what you said towards the end there when you said that, that telling your truth is part of your purpose. I feel like I feel I've been noticing lately that and, and probably for all people, but especially for women, you know, and, and in, in the industry that, that you and I are both in, you know, especially myself as a life coach, that it's this whole life purpose. Like we, we got to find it. It, it. And it's like this, this golden ticket and we're, and everyone's mm-hmm. looking for it. And people say to me, well, you're so lucky you found yours. And I, I, I start to kind of panic when I hear that. And I think, what if it's not? And what if my purpose isn't so much this this career and this job, but what if it's like you just said, what if it's just saying my truth and not sitting back in silence anymore and, and being vocal as an inspiration Mm -hmm. for other women to do the same. And, and I just, I like to alleviate some of the damn pressure. Like, no, we don't have to like go and, you know, be mother Teresa or these grandiose purposes. I think that it can Mm -hmm. be just as, just as, um, amazing, but on a, on a smaller scale, cause the ripple effect can be enormous. And, mm-hmm. um, and I, you know, I, I had actually a, a very similar, um, experience to yours. And I think, and I agree with you, I think we're all born authentic and, and what it looked like for me, and this isn't everyone's, but my authentic self is, is very vocal. And, um, I, you know, I lean heavily in towards the masculine side where I'm, I'm outspoken and brash and, and, um, and all of those things. And, and I was told, you know, in my teens that Andrea, you're too much. You need to, can you be quiet? Can you, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're too pretty to be that vocal. I was told that even. Mm-hmm. And so, um, 
And you know, what's interesting is that my mom is the exact same way. I got this distinct personality from her and I saw her, you know, she was a grown up, and I saw that her friends loved her for it. So it was very conflicting messages that I was hearing. Mm-hmm. And, and I was the same way. I was, I suffocated myself for a long, long time. And it was similar to, to yours. I just one day decided I'm not going to do this anymore. It's just, it's uncomfortable. And it really mm-hmm. was so much easier. So, you know, my next question is what, um, what is your advice? I guess I want to ask you is what can people either start doing or stop doing when they are someone who like you and I were talking about someone who feels like they aren't being their authentic self or someone that really, really cares what other people think of them. Um, I don't know if you've read the book, a new earth by Eckhart Tolle. I, I, I think it a long time ago. I should open it again. I think I, I don't think, name right but um I hadn't read it in three years since I moved to New York and I started reading it again the other day and is and this set you know this speaks to also what you were just talking about in terms of like oh you found your purpose and he says we have two purposes we have an inner purpose and an outer purpose and the outer purpose what we create and build in the world never is more important than your inner purpose and your inner purpose is always the moment that you're in so you can't have your outer purpose without having your inner purpose. So the inner purpose right now, I could say is, oh, you know, my purpose is speaking my truth. But really the inner purpose is to be present on this phone call with you. Mm-hmm. And when you come out of your head and you tune into that. And the other thing he said was, he's like, I basically made a list of all the things I'm not. He's like, you think you're your thoughts. You think you're your emotions. Like you were saying, you know, I'm, you know, I'm very brash, masculine. I have the same sort of feelings. And it's like, when you write down all the things you're not, you're not your friends, you're not your accomplishments, you're not your hairstyle, you're not all these things. I was like, I couldn't mentally understand who I was, but I physically understood who I was. And it felt like peaceful space. When you go from that place, it's very easy to be authentic because you're relaxed and you're calm. And whatever feels authentic to you in the moment you're spontaneous and you just react to it and you, you do what feels right. When you try to mentally be authentic, when you try to say, I need to be authentic, I need to sound a certain way, you're basically constructing a character in your mind of what you think is authentic and then you're trying to do it. Mm-hmm. So the easy way, I guess, is to go, go, with what you feel, go with what you want to do and eliminate the judgment or at least acknowledge it and say, okay, but I'm not going to listen to you. Um, because especially for like a types, the judgment, that chatter in your head can be really, really intense and you have to see it for what it is. It's a mirage. It's a barking dog. It doesn't guide your life. You guide your life. So that's what I've done to, to calm myself when I feel the anxiety around, I need to be more authentic. I just chill the fuck out. Yeah. (laughs) Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I love everything you just said, and I, I think that it is sort of you know like a new buzzword. In this words like authenticity, and and I think that it might be confusing for some people. They just think like, what does that even look like? And um, well, you know, since this book is so fresh in your mind, can you? I know you said you know make a list of 
of all the things that, that you're not. Can you either take that a step further or give us another? Because my people love tools and exercises. Like, please put another tool mm-hmm. in our toolbox <laughs> Yeah. So, in order to, to become that person. So it's, so what I would recommend is you go someplace, like, and when people, to answer really quick the question you said before, like, what does authenticity, authenticity look like? Authenticity doesn't look like anything. It feels like something. It's when you're in your body. So it's when you come out of your head, you come back into your body and you hang out from that place. That is authentic. What comes from it, you're not going to be able to plan, but it will be miraculous and amazing and so incredibly powerful that you could never script it. It's the exact definition of being in flow and it just involves going in your body. So I would, the tool part is go someplace where you feel relaxed, where it's quiet, where you feel like you're not going to have interruptions and it's not loud. Someplace that feels serene, quiet, maybe sacred to you. Like I have a room in the house that is pretty much my room and no one's in there except me unless I invite them. So go in there. I like to light candles. They make me feel really relaxed. And you sit down and you make a list of all the stuff that's on your mind. All the shit, like, okay, I got to clean the house. I got to do this, got to do that. My thoughts. One of the things that came up for me a lot when I wrote, I am not my anger, because I get mad that I'm mad. Like, anger is a common emotion for me, and I get mad. I'm really fiery, so I get mad that I'm mad, which only makes you even more mad, right? And mm-hmm. it's like this never-ending cycle. So you write out all that stuff, and you're going to have a few things that pop up that really sort of, you know, resonate with you. For me, it was anger. And as you're reading that, Think about your body. Think about your hands. Meditate and concentrate on feeling your feet, feeling your legs, feeling your your face, your head, and feeling the energy in your hands. And close your eyes and meditate for a few minutes on what you just did and on feeling your body. And do that for about five minutes or as long as it may be 30 seconds and maybe 20 minutes, whatever feels good to you. And see how you feel from that. All the stuff that was, you know, you may still have racing thoughts. You may still feel a little bit crazy. Um, but what comes from that is authenticity. And what comes from that is true power and true direction. Um, there's no better source of it. I don't care. You know, you can be the smartest business strategist in the world. I will never trust man-made mental strategy over the wisdom that comes from that. Because you can't fake that. You can fake everything else. Mm-hmm. So that's what I would do. I love that. And it's so, it, it's so points to, let me back up for a second. And you can probably relate to this, Lauren. It's like when something is coming up in your life that's big and it seems to be that all of a sudden other people come into your life or opportunities or conversations that point to that exact thing. So for me, it's, um, spirituality has been on my mind a lot lately and I, I've been going through this kind of, I don't know if I want to call it a breakdown, but sort of, uh, like that whole period. And I'm sure you've been through this where it's like, something's not working. I, I need to fix something. And, and since, you know, I, I am also recovering super overachiever and I think people, w- women like us, we tend to get in our head, like you were talking about. And, and, mm-hmm. um, And I realized, this was several months ago, I realized that my own spirituality needs, um, 
need some cleaning up. I don't know what really the word was. And I, I, I wasn't going to ask you this question, but I think I do. It's just, a, it's sort of seg- segueing into there. And I, you know, I think that, and I, I'm a true believer that I, I'm so happy that self-help is becoming more mainstream now. And that I, I do believe that we're, we're reaching an awakening in our, in our culture and, and people are starting to recognize it. And, and I, and I love too, that spirituality in terms of how people want to create it in our lives is, is more accepted versus organized religion that many of us grew up on myself included. So I would love to know what your take on all of that is. And I know I just said a lot, but, or, you know, more simply, how can you tell us how spirituality plays a role in your day-to-day life? So spirituality, things like spirituality and authenticity, when we talk about them in that way, we make them external things that we're trying to achieve. Like we think of spirituality is a sort of separate town that we're trying to, to travel to or authenticity is this, as this, you know, kind of like the grand Canyon, this beautiful thing that we'd like to see. We have to travel to get there. And the reality is, is that spirituality is your daily life. Authenticity is none of these things are separate. None of these things are places we only arrive at. It's a choice to, you know, it's a choice to like, it's like if you're standing in a room and you're staring at the wall and you're like, oh God, I'd love to, you know, it's like if you just turned around, you'd be able to see if there are windows behind you, but your perspective doesn't allow you to see what's behind you. You have to shift and turn. You're not leaving where you are. You're just turning and changing your perspective. So where you are by changing your perspective allows you to recognize the windows in your life, the opportunities, the, the fact that authenticity is not a separate thing you're trying to achieve or spirituality, but that these things are literally in the fabric of your DNA. Like they are you like, it's like trying to find the grand Canyon when you are the grand Canyon. Like imagine Mm -hmm. the grand Canyon saying to itself, I'm contemplating finding the grand Canyon today. Like, what do you think of that? And people are like, you are the Grand Canyon. What are you talking about? And he's like, no, no, I need to go somewhere to find it. I think I'm going to go to Cali. Like, it seems absurd when you say it like that, but that's so often the time how we approach these things. So spirituality in our daily life, like, it really comes down to, and I think that religion has pointed to a lot of these things. I just think that they're older structures that feel rigid and people are seeking something that feels lighter and more flexible. It's, And all of the major religions point to it. It's just they have different ways of doing it. Like, what does gratitude look like? Deeply appreciating what you've been given. What does reflecting and being present look like? And being present for the longest time annoyed the shit out of me. Like, oh, all this Zen crap. Like, what are you talking about? I got to be present. Like, I've got shit to do. And it's like, but being present and being in your body, like your mind will tell you that being in your body and being present is the biggest waste of time you will ever spend. It'll tell you that you're stupid, you're dumb, what the fuck are you thinking? But when you get into your body and when you become present, it's like it's like a baby. It's like feeling like you're a baby being nestled in a bed of feathers. There's nothing that feels more that nothing that feels more safe or safer or it's just the best thing in the world. So tuning into the present moment and just enjoying it. Um, and being able to just being able to use discernment without judgment. So being able to look and see things like, especially for really like women are super intuitive, like naturally Mm -hmm. how tuned in we are to our intuition will depend on the woman, but we're naturally intuitive. 
So we're going to be able to see and feel things that other people don't see and feel. Being able to recognize that, accept it, and not judge nor yourself for seeing it because now sometimes it feels like a burden. I see this thing and no one else sees it and I'm so mad about it. Not judging the other people who can't see it. Oh, I'm mad at my boyfriend. Why can't he see it? She's a bitch. I know she's a bitch. I see what she's trying to do, blah, blah, blah. He's trying to screw me over. Seeing it without feeling the need to label it or react. Um, And when you're present, you feel safe. So you don't feel like those things are a threat in the way that they originally present themselves. That to me is like a crash course on living your daily life. Oh, and the last thing is doing what in buying time for pleasure. Like a lot of religion, in fact, doesn't, they don't speak anything. They don't speak to this at all, but doing things that serve your body, whether it's exercise, it's, it's making out with your husband and it's, flowers, those things that you only you know what really light you up and make you happy, that is an imperative part of every woman's day. Um, and it brings you into your body and it makes you present. So that maybe is a new religion. Maybe. I don't know. If it works for other people, that's great. It works for me. Um, and I've studied a lot of religion. I've, I've pulled from most of the ones that I've read, the main ones. And you got to just figure out what works for you. Religion works for some people. But all of these things are just signposts to a bigger truth that can't be labeled, that can't be quantified. It just is. And we're just trying to tune into it and tap into it. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so I'm really speechless. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love that. And I think what, what stood out the most for me when you were talking was, well, all of it did, but I think that in, in my journey, the most recent one that I've been on is that I, I get in my head too much about it. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I think I'm doing it wrong. You know, and I, and I, I follow people online that are there that do this like special kind of yoga. And I have quite honestly, like I've tried to get into yoga and it's, I don't know if I'm not doing the, the right kind of yoga or, you know, and I'm like, I've tried to meditate and, and I just keep telling myself, like, I'm just doing it wrong. Like, is there a book? Like, and then I'm looking on Amazon. I'm like, there's a book I can get. It's going to tell me how uh-huh. to do this. But what I, what I've learned recently is just, you know, that just being aware that, okay, look at what I'm doing. I'm trying to quantify it. I'm trying to make it look a certain way. And which I've heard is, is pretty common and, in um, you know, not just the type of person that I am and, and a lot of people that listen to this podcast, but anyone that's grown up in organized religion <clears throat> might think that, and it's got, it's time to, to break those things down. But I really loved what you said, you know, how it just, it just little things throughout the day. And, and I totally agree with you that women are so highly intuitive. And for me, <clears throat> you're talking about gratitude. There are times where, um, and I, I, I'm on and off with the traditional gratitude practice in my mornings. But most of the time, Lauren, to be honest with you, I will get just all of a sudden out of nowhere, seemingly out of nowhere, I should say, just blown over with a sense of gratitude. And I stop whatever I'm doing. And it's usually times, for instance, when I'm sitting down with, um, I have two small children, they're six and four. And the four of us, my husband and my kids, and we're sitting down to dinner and I look at the three of them and I look at our house and I look at this business that I've created and, and this tribe of my friends. And just, I am overwhelmed to the point 
just an emotional, like, like, thank you so much for, for this and in this life that I'm, so it's things like that. And that to me is very spiritual. That is, that is a connection and it doesn't have to look like, you know, when I'm meditating on a Sunday morning and there's incense and candles around me at mm-hmm. a retreat, it's just, it's moments. And I, um, I also take a lot away from a 12 step program and, and, you know, reading self-help books even, you know, and I forget that it's little things like that. And so it can look like whatever you want it to look like, I think is my point to anyone listening to mm-hmm. this. And it can be turtle steps. It doesn't need to even be baby steps. It can be turtle steps. And I, I really like what you were saying about a focus more on, on how it makes you feel versus the act and the behavior of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was wondering for you, like when you were saying that you want to do yoga, but you're like, you just can't get into it. If you were to ask yourself right now, what you what what do you really want to do? Like, like if it was like like God came down or whoever came mm-hmm. down and was like, dude, like what do you what do you want to do right now? Like, no bullshit. What do you really want to do? What would you say? Dance. There you go. Yeah, you should go dance. I do, and that's what I do. Yeah. And it's funny that you say that because um, my I grew up in a house full of music, and um, my. So I have, you know, the, the iPhone dock and it's in my kitchen and I've been putting it on more and more lately and now it's always on and I do. And I, I dance and I realized the other day, like, how cool is it that this is what my kids are going to remember me for? Like, Mm -hmm. they're not going to remember my organizational skills or (laughs) all the stupid stuff I did on Pinterest. No, they're going to remember their mom. Cause I remember my mom doing that. That's like the, one of the raddest things I remember about her is her dancing in the kitchen. And, Mm -hmm. um, it does. And it's, it's just, you know, I don't know if I can, I mean, it's, there's something to be said when you get chills all over your body by listening to an acoustic James Taylor song. Like to me, that's, and I, that's another thing. I I kind of believe that goosebumps are messages, are spiritual messages, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Some people might Mm -hmm. think that's crazy, but I do. I think that it's communication Mm -hmm. with a higher power. It could be for sure. Yeah. And, um, I want to ask you one last question before we wrap it up, because many of my listeners are, are life coaches or they're thinking about becoming life coaches or they have some kind of, uh, entrepreneurial business. And, and I find that, and this was me, this was myself included years ago, but, and I find that many of these women have an easier time being authentic in their everyday lives and they're, you know, they're, they're rocking it and they're feeling really good about that. But when it comes to their business and, or sales and marketing, it's harder and they get very, very serious. And that's when they, they start to really care about what other people think and it, it causes blockages. So what do you say to someone who's having a hard time being their authentic self in sales and marketing? Um, I would say two things. The first would be that the reason that people get really serious and I've done this myself. In fact, I did it this morning before I got on the phone call with you when I was writing, um, I was writing a blog post and my business partner was like, what are you doing? Like, this isn't you. I had to go back and rewrite it, but it comes from fear of just failing, fear of not obtaining what it is that you want to obtain. So like story is, you know, I'm really smart. I'm, I'm doing everything right. Like I'm smart and I, and I work hard and, and again, I'm doing all the steps and and checking everything off the list and I should succeed. And I don't want to risk that. I just want to do it the right way. And subconsciously what we've seen the right way to be is people are serious. Business people are serious. You know, you don't mess around with money. 
It's a serious thing. Um, look at, I mean, for me, the board business that I saw growing up, they were corporations. You had darker colors, suits, strange pictures on the walls in these offices <laughs> that look really just, I don't know, dark and grim. So for us, it's like the subconscious message of, well, to be successful, this is what you do. So I got myself this far. Now I'm going to follow the try and true, tried and true formula of success. But that's not, again, there's a million and one ways to do things. The Western world swears by Western medicine. Well, guess what? The Eastern world has gotten along just fine on their <laughs> medicine for centuries. So does it, is either one right or wrong? I don't think so. They just, different strokes for different folks. So you can have business be fun. You can be yourself. And... Are you going to fumble? Sure. You're going to fumble if you're serious, I promise. In fact, you're probably going to reach a point where you can no longer do business like that because either you're making no money or you hate your clients because the clients that you're getting from this type of sales approach are the ones that you don't want to be around. Mm -hmm. The second thing, and I talk about it in the TED Talk, is when I was doing, if you want to play a bigger game, if you want to charge more money, if you want to work with larger corporations... You need to be willing to have a different approach. You need to be willing to speak your mind, even if you disagree with people. So for me, authenticity was, I didn't agree with what they were saying. They were telling me, these companies were like, oh, we're youthful. When have you ever looked at craft foods and been like, oh, they're so modern and youthful? Like, no one thinks of craft as hip. So I was, they were looking to me for marketing insight. And I was, they were much older than me. I was 25 at the time. They were probably 45, 50. And in my head, I'm like, shit, like, I know I've got ideas, but, well, they must know what's right. They're older. So I didn't say anything. So for, like, four months, I did all these sales calls, and nothing worked because I was just, it was just, like, a, a fun meeting where I agreed with everything that they said. But to play at that level, you have to be willing to disagree because how can you offer them a solution if you don't see the world a little bit differently than they do? And that is how... That is how you bring authenticity, realizing that we live in an abundant world. And I, I get sick of that word abundant, but like anything's possible. Anything is possible. Find someone in your industry that's doing it the way you want to do it and imitate them until it becomes such a strong practice that your own voice shines through. And when your own voice shines through, realize that that is an A-player move to make a lot more money and to have a lot more influence. You don't get to be really big in media. You don't get to make a ton of money, money in any of that unless you have an intelligent opinion and you somehow look good. Now, looking good is subjective, but in that space, people need to think you look some kind of way that looks somewhat appealing. Um, so, yeah, ignore yeah. the fear and just plow right through it and do what you have to do. I, you know, word. I did, that's exactly word. how, that's exactly how <laughs> I, I made it. And people ask me, like, what was the one thing that you did that really catapulted the business? And it really was when I stopped caring that I was going to piss people off or offend people. And, you know, I, I took a big step. I, I have the word ass in my business and yes, Facebook ad, they won't let me do Facebook ads and even Google places won't let me <laughs> put my mm -hmm. business on there. But it's, it really was about when I started writing and I took a stand for something and I was disagreeing with a lot of times it was the, the mainstream and you know, that shaking hand of hitting publish and just like that, my stomach hurt when I would go back to check comments and, and, you know, I spent, and I agree, like, you know, I spent so much 
Well, not so much, but there were definitely tearful phone calls with my besties going like, did I, did I make a mistake? And, but honestly, everything I've ever done where I've, you know, you know, speaking about blog posts, if I wrote something, it was always something I could be proud of. And it, and it wasn't like, I was never trying to prove anything to anyone or try to be somebody else. Like at the end of the day, if I died tomorrow and my kids read that, I know that I would, I, in the afterlife, I would be proud that, that, that that was me, that that was honestly what I, what I wanted to say. And that's what I ask people too, especially coaches who, who are so afraid or, or even just women in general who are afraid. What if, what if nobody's opinion mattered? What if you weren't going to hurt anyone's feelings? What would you do? What would you be? What would you have? What would you say? And mm-hmm. everything changes when that question is asked. What would you say if nobody cared? Mm-hmm. And, uh, That's a great way of looking at it. Yeah. Like what if, and, and, you know, I think it sometimes it's so in our imagination that we think somebody's going to be offended and, and I don't know. I just, I got tired of, I'd got to the point where I got tired of, it was exhausting trying to please and not offend everyone because I could be offensive. I just, and I'm not for everyone. And I, that was, took me a few years to, to finally come to that conclusion. And I was, I was, I was over 30. I wasn't your age. I was over 30. And, and I know for a lot of women, they get to their forties and fifties and, and finally get there. But I, it, to try to please everyone is just exhausting. And, and to constantly censor and edit yourself, it is, it's not a place I ever want to go back to. Mm-hmm. It's not, a, yeah, and I don't think you can truly, I don't think you can truly be happy or, or well served if you think that you need to be quiet and like submissive. Like, do what you gotta do. Yeah. Have fun doing it. Like, we take life way too seriously. And I'm, I have to remind myself of that at various times throughout the week or various points. So, yeah, like, life's yeah. a ra- like, you're from San Diego, life's a wave. We gotta ride it. Yeah. I just came up with that. <laughs> Which isn't even that creative at all, but it's so corny. But and this is being recorded. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I do. I love that. And that's not to say, you know, I, I'm not saying that it's still. And, and I like that you say that. You know, you need to remind yourself of that because sometimes it's a it's a one day at a time thing. And there are still times where I'm just like, oh my god, you know, that person probably didn't like that, and 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 I have to check myself and and go back. So it's, it's always a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always. For sure. For sure. So tell us, let's wrap up and, and please tell us where people can find more about you, read more about you, etc. Yeah. So if, um, so through October, through October 8th, you can find out more about me at smlaunch.com. That's where we're going to be launching our sales and marketing program for women who want to increase your visibility and learn how to make more money in a pleasurable way. And my regular site is laurenbellisteros.com. And you can hit me up there via the contact form, check out the free content. And I'm going to be in the very near future doing a talk show. So I'm going to be transitioning to video. And it's going to be fun. I love video. I love doing this kind of stuff. It's fun. It's engaging. So I'm just very thankful that you took the time to have me as your guest. Very appreciative. Thank you. I'm thankful that you're here. And I'm, I'm, I'm very thankful that the universe put us in each other's paths and and, um, I love your vibe and I love everything you had to say. And I'm, I'm, I love, I feel so old saying this. I'm not that much older than you. I'm 38, but you know, it's like, I love mm-hmm. seeing cause I, I just missed the gen, the gen Y. So, um, I love watching gen Y women and just 
kick ass and take names. So it was a pleasure talking to you. (laughs) And of course I'll link you up. Everyone will know where to find you. And that's all we got for this episode. Thanks everyone for listening and I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Ciao.